want to encourage you to take your copy of the scriptures and turn with me to Genesis chapter 40. Genesis chapter 40. Oh, Father, make your word live before us. Make it seem as personal as a letter. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. You ever notice about life, particularly when you're young, you've got the really high points. You're, I mean, right at the peak, and then wham, right in the valley. Successes, successes that you can't wait to tell everybody you know about. You're not going to believe what I did. Maybe it was in sports. Maybe it was in school. Maybe it was a grade. You could not wait to come home and tell your mom and dad. Big time successes followed by Life. life is filled with it, my friends. The natural flow of life is this, up and down and up and down. And nobody illustrates this better, I think, than the account of Joseph in the book of Genesis. You see, everything about Joseph. His father has him at the top of the list, you know, give him the big rope. You go check on your brothers. And boom, he's a slave in Egypt. There he is in some stranger's house. But he's faithful. And so the man of the house gets in charge over everything. He's a number two guy. Up. And then comes the wife. And she comes on to him and she is relentless and he continues to say no. That's way up here, my friends. And then she lies. And boom. He's in prison. But he's faithful. He's faithful. And that's where we pick up his story. So take a look with me, if you will. In Genesis chapter 40, verse 1. And what we see is, sometimes after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense to their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. Significant positions, you'll notice that they are called officers. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the prison where Joseph was confined. And the captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them. And he attended them, and they continued for some time in custody. We begin the story, and we see that Joseph is the forgotten slave. Here is a guy who is faithful. He does what is right in the sight of God for the right reasons. And down again he goes. And so here in verses 1 to 4, we meet his cellmates. But when we come to verse 5, we read that one night they both dreamed. The cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison and each his own dream. And each dream with its own interpretation. And when Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. 
So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? We're in prison. <laughs> they said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Please, tell them to me. Now, friends, if there's something we know about Joseph, as early on in his life, the Lord had given him a dream. Something about people bowing down and worshiping him someday. <laughs> that sure doesn't seem like it's worked out very well, does it? Or has it? You see, one thing that we're going to see in the story of Joseph, which is true about you as well, every up, down, every red light you catch, every person that cuts you off, that makes you tap your brakes, is the providence of God to make sure that you arrive at the right time, in the right place, meeting the right people in the right circumstances. God providentially working in your life. It seems like we read the story of Joseph and this guy's life is a mess. I mean, I'll bet he would rather be home playing video games with dad, you know. But I'll tell you what, friends, this is the providence of God putting him in the right place at the right time to end up in the place of influence that God would have. So Joseph asked these guys, tell me your dreams. And so the chief cupbearer, verse 9, told his dream to Joseph and said, In my dream, there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. And as soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. And I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cups and placed the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said to him, Well, this is easy, right? I mean, you already know what this one is, right? <laughs> Interpretation has to do with the Lord, my friend. It belongs to him. And apparently, the Lord is giving Joseph the opportunity to understand these things. Because when we're talking about dreams, we're not talking about the ones that you have where you're at home and it's not your home, it's the Taj Mahal and it's not in that, it's, it's in France and, you know, dreams are funny things, you know, our mind defragging. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about divine revelation. A revelation, again, is God revealing to man that which would otherwise be unknown concerning his purpose, his plan, and his person. And so God is revealing something here. And in the revelation, God is doing something. You will notice here that Joseph said to him in verse 12, this is the interpretation. The three branches are three days. And in three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to office. And you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. Well, that's pretty good news. Three days and you're out of here. Back to the old job, place of influence. Think about it. 
in the king's presence moment by moment. That's a place of great opportunity for influence, isn't it? And then he adds something to it. Notice verse 14, Joseph says, Only remember me when it is well with you. And please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh. And so get me out of this house, for I was indeed stolen out of the hand of the Hebrews. And here also I have done nothing that they should put me in this place. But you will note that, my friends, this predicament, predicament was purposed by God and providentially placed there. Because while we don't know the, his, the end of his story yet, or some of us do, we know that God is at work. It's no accident that Joseph is in this prison at the particular time where two influential men of the king were there for him to send a message along. That's no coincidence, friend. That's the providence of God. Well, having heard the cupbearer's dream and the interpretation, the baker says, well, let's give it a shot. You'll notice here in verse 16, when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, well, I also had a dream, and there were three cake baskets on my head. Noticing a pattern here? Okay? <laughs> and in the uppermost basket, there were all sorts of baked goods or baked food for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head, and I'm waving it, I'm slapping. No, it doesn't say that, but you get the image here. You get the image here. Three cake baskets on my head. All of these delicious goodies for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. And Joseph said, here's the interpretation, verse 18. Joseph answered and said, well, this is the interpretation. Three baskets are three days. And in three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree. Well, there's a twist. And the birds will eat the flesh from you. It's not as favorable an interpretation, perhaps, as he was hoping for. And you will note that there's no message for him to remember Joseph at this point, because it won't matter. But notice on verse 20 here, on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief, chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted. And then perhaps one of the saddest lines in all of Scripture. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. No. Well, you just take a moment and you think, how in the world could he forget this guy? I mean, he, he was in terror and torment and wondering about his life. And here is this, this, this young servant who's able to interpret a dream and give him hope. And not only that, it was true. The interpretation was correct. 
in both accounts. How does he forget that thing? Starts with a P. Providence. It is God working in us, through us, and around us to bring about his purpose. And so here is Joseph, alone again, in this prison. But here in chapter 41, here in chapter 41, we read that somebody else has to be. And Joseph, the forgotten prisoner, is soon to become Joseph, the famed statesman. Just like that. Things can change. And if it is the will of God, my friends, they will. Notice, after two whole years, I like the way that's stated. In other words, the image here is, it was a long time waiting. Two whole years, and Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. And behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump, and they fed in the reed grass. And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And note verse 4, And the ugly, thin cows ate up the seven attractive, plump cows. And Pharaoh woke up. Must have been chewing the food or something. And he fell asleep. And dreamed a second dream. And behold, Seven ears of grain, plump and good, were growing on one stalk. And behold, after them sprouted seven ears, thin and glided by the east wind. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump ears. And Pharaoh woke, wondering how an ear of corn eats another ear of corn. Doesn't say that, but it makes you wonder. And behold, it was a dream. I think it makes sense. So here's Pharaoh with two dreams. So in the morning, we see that Pharaoh searches out some help. In the morning, his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all of its wise men, and Pharaoh told them his dream. But there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Why don't you just make something up? Seven years, seven days makes one week. But if you eat more, you can be strong. I, I mean, you know. But no one. Why? Because interpretations belong to the Lord. And so they fail. And then, ding! Did you hear that? Anybody hear that? Yeah. Verse 9, the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, well, I remember my offense today. Well, that's some really great timing to remember about Joseph, isn't it? When Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, we dreamed on the same night, he and I each having a dream with its own interpretation. And a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant 
of the captain of the guard. And when we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each man according to his dream. And as he interpreted to us, so it came about. I was restored to my office, and the banker was the banker was hanged. Oh, it's a good thing they know where this thing is, isn't it? So Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. And they quickly brought him out of the pits. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I've heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And you know what Joseph said yeah, to Pharaoh? He says, it's not me, it's God. We already sang that song. That's it. Look at what he says here. He says, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. And notice Pharaoh's telling here. Pharaoh lays it out. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, behold, in my dream, I was standing on the banks of the Nile, seven cows, plump and attractive. They came out of the Nile and fed in the reed grass. Seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and thin, such as I have never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the thin, ugly cows ate up the first seven plump cows. But when they had eaten, eaten them, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were still as ugly as the beginning. And then I awoke. I also saw in my dream seven ears growing in one stalk, full and good. Seven ears withered thin and blighted by the east wind, sprouted after them. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears, and I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. <coughs> what a great time for Joseph to be in Egypt, huh? To be in the right place with the right people at the right time. And there he is counseling Pharaoh. You know, the guy that was sold as a slave by his brothers, thrown in prison after a false accusation, seems that nothing could go right for this guy unless you take into consideration that God is So Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. So God has a purpose and God is revealing that purpose or the, at least the plan here at this point. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good years are seven years, and the dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind are also seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. I was afraid it was just me here. 
So verse 28, it is as though God has shown him what he is going to do. And there will come seven years of plenty throughout the land of Egypt. But after them will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. And the famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow. For it will be very severe. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. The interesting thing about this is that Egypt is the breadbasket of the known world. I mean, because of the Nile, they don't care whether it rains or not. Oh, their 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 land and their their water supply is enormous. A rich, rich. When Abraham was in trouble, you know, let's go find some food. Let's go find a rich place. Joseph is in the first God of <coughs> So seven years of plenty. Great riches. Wonderful. Oh, it'll be a party. But following those seven years will become a famine so severe that nobody will remember the good times. So Joseph here takes it upon himself to offer a proposal. Notice verse 33. Not part of the dream. Just Joseph says, hey, I got an idea for you. Now therefore let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over all the land of Egypt. And let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let them keep it. That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt so that the land may not perish through the famine. Well, apparently Pharaoh liked the idea. Because after his proposal, Joseph got a promotion. Wait a minute, wasn't this guy just in the morning in prison? Verse 37, this proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? Now he wasn't talking about the Holy Spirit, his God's. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over all my house and all my people, and shall order themselves as you command. Only as regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over the land of Egypt. <laughs> Then Pharaoh took his signet ring. This is his signature stamp, is what this was. Any document that Pharaoh would have, it was stamped with his ring and his authority. And Pharaoh gave him his signet ring. 
from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him and clothed him in garments of fine and once again someone puts a coat on him worth a million dollars and he put a gold chain around his neck it's providence my friends that is what is at work in your life today so you have to look up, not knowing where it's leading, but knowing who's leading you there. God is providentially at work in your life to accomplish a particular purpose at a particular time with particular people. Live that way. Think that way. Well, here in verse 43, we begin to see that dream that Joseph had when he was 17 and he told his brothers and they hated him and his father and he said who are you dream like that but God had said it's coming and he would have his friends so verse 43 we see and he made him ride in his second chariot and they called out before him bow down with this guy isn't that what the first dream was all about? People bowing down, kings bowing down. <laughs> Thus he sent him over all the land of Egypt. And moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without your consent, no one shall lift a hand or a foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name. And he gave him a marriage to a senate, the daughter of Potiphar's priest of arms. So I, Joseph, went over the land. Thirteen years to get him there, my friends. Not lonely days in the prison. But he believed God. And friends, if you learn anything from this passage, it is wherever you are today, God has it. Friends, this whole salvation thing, Christ dying for our sin, rising from the dead, the Spirit of God convicting of your sin, drawing you to, and then what? We're supposed to wander around till Jesus comes? No. God has a plan in your life. Be not discouraged. Remember the story of Joseph. Notice here in verse 46, Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout the land of Egypt. And verse 47 tells us that during the seven-year plentiful years, the earth produced abundantly, and he gathered up all the food of these seven years, which occurred in the land of Egypt. And he put the food in the cities, and he put in every city the food from the fields around it, and Joseph stored up grain in great abundance, like the sand of the sea, until he ceased to measure it, for he could not be measured. And before the year of famine, before the year of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph. A senate, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of arm, bore them to him, and Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. 
For he said, God has made me forget all my hardship and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim. For God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years of plenty that occurred in the land of Egypt came to an end. And the seven years of famine began to come. And Joseph had said there was a famine in all the lands. But in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said to the Egyptians, Go to Joseph, that what he says to you do. So when the famine had spread all over the land, Joseph opened the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. Moreover, Moreover, all the earth came to Egypt to Joseph to buy grain because the famine was severe all over the earth. I'll bet you there's a famine that's going to be needing grain soon. We're probably going to have to travel to Egypt. And who knows who they might run into? But we'll put that in the But friends, Please, please know, every person you meet and every obstacle you face takes you one step closer to being the influence of God that he would have you to be. Don't rustle against it, my friends. Face it knowing there is a God in heaven providentially, powerfully working in our lives to bring about his perfect plan in us and through us. So trust God, even in the dark. You don't have to see God to trust Him. Matter of fact, we don't even have a choice. All we can see the evidence of His work. It is in abundance, my friends. Trust Him. And be faithful where the Lord has you. Whether it feels like a dungeon where you are right now, or whether you're riding the high waves, it won't always be there, but you will always be where God would have you to be. To be the influence you would have you to be. And in the same way that Joseph was used of God to preserve life, perhaps the Lord would have would use you to win some souls. You know, when you speak up and speak the truth, right? And it's, it's just one of those basic things. You come to faith in Christ and you say, you know what, everybody has to trust Christ. Well, everybody wants. And nobody's going to know unless you tell them, friends. Open the eyes. Tell them the truth. Christ died for our sins. He rose from the dead. Put your trust in Christ.